Welcome to the Process Breakdown Podcast, where we talk about streamlining and scaling operations of your company, getting rid of bottlenecks, and giving your employees all the information they need to be successful at their jobs. Now, let's get started with the show. Dr. Jeremy Weiss here, host of the Process Breakdown Podcast, where we talk about streamlining and scaling operations of your company, getting rid of bottlenecks, and giving your staff everything they need to be successful at their job. Check out, you know, Jed always like to mention past episodes. Um, there's a great episode with Adi Clevett. There's a great episode with Carl Cox, and he talks about KPIs, David Allen of Getting Things Done, Michael Gerber of The E-Myth, and many more. So check those out. And before I introduce today's guest, this episode is brought to you by Sweet Process. So if you've had team members ask you the same questions over and over, and it may be the 10th time you spent explaining it, there's actually a better way. There is a solution. And Sweet Process is a software that makes it drop dead easy to train and onboard new staff and save time with existing staff. Now, I was talking with one of the founders, Owen. Not only do universities, banks, hospitals, and software companies use them, but first responder government agencies use them in life or death situations to run their operations. So you can actually use Sweet Process to document all the repetitive tasks that eat up your precious time so you can focus on growing your team and empowering them. And sign up for a free 14-day trial. No credit card is required. You can go to sweetprocess.com. It's sweet like candy, S-W-E-E-T, process. I am excited to introduce today Joan Rosal. Uh, she is the COO and founding member of Multiply Me Staffing Solution. And before Multiply Me, Joan has a career for 15 years, working in a variety of managerial roles, running operations ranging from enterprise business process mapping to creative agencies to structuring startups. And you can check them out at MultiplyMe, that's MultiplyMii.com. Joan, thanks for joining me. Oh, thank you for that introduction, Jeremy. And it's my pleasure. And um, I'm very honored to, for you to have me here. And I hope your followers could learn a thing or two from this session. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited to dig into this. And before we get into, we're going to talk about strategic planning process, why it fails, how to see it through. And you have a process you use for strategic planning. Um, but first, just tell people a little bit about Multiply Me and what you do as a company. So MultiplyMe is an end-to-end offshore staffing solution. Um, we specialize in providing companies with the right people to ensure that their day-to-day operations are geared towards positive results and accomplishments. Um, we support clients in identifying and sourcing for the top talents from the Philippines. Um, we oversee their onboarding and ongoing performance management. Um, we primarily focus on Amazon and uh, the e-commerce businesses, but we also support different verticals. And Joan, how did you meet the founders? So funny, sorry. Um, the four of us actually worked um, in the past in um, an Amazon company, Amazon seller. And I actually worked there as a project manager for the digital marketing uh, team. And then Yoni uh, at that time, um, after separating from um, the, the owners, pitched uh, each and every one of us, like the, the other three members, to join Multiply Me in uh, building the, the company from the ground up. And like upon knowing 
upon learning about my uh, past experiences, of course, like he um, asked me to join it. Yeah, I talked to Yoni about it and it was a very, uh, he was interesting situation <laughs> of what, what transpired <laughs> with that company and him coming on. So um, you, you could check out, there is another interview that we have done on that. So it, it's pretty interesting story. Um, but ultimately, you know, having just a different viewpoint of the direction and culture. Um, and, you know, then he went off and, and has multiplied me. And so Joan, the strategic planning process, why does this fail? Uh, okay. So like, first, like, I, I just want to share, like, I've chosen this topic because like, um, it is my respons- main responsibility to execute strategic initiatives and um, why it fails. So Although, um, like, of course, with planning involved, um, you lay out realistic and well thought out goals and ironclad strategies, and yet they fail because, or like, goals get abandoned midway, they're reworked or not met at the end of the, the year. Because of, um, like, for me, there's seven factors that greatly affect the, the results. Um, and those are communication culture, people, leadership, success metrics, adaptability, and rewards. And I got that seven from um, my experience as um, either um, a facilitator of strategic planning, a participant, or just a regular worker that after the planning is done, are thrown in the results and are asked to do more or change uh, process, like follow a new process um, without any explanation whatsoever. (laughs) So let's walk through those individually for a second. So start with communication in the strategic planning. So what do you mean by that? Okay. So communication is how we communicate the plans to the rest of the organization. So uh, for me, if everyone um, else doesn't buy into the idea, it's not going to work. So everyone needs to understand the big picture and how each person in the organization will help turn that cog. Um, like people should see it as their plan and not the leadership's plan or else like um, it feels like it's forced. They're forced to do more without understanding the whys and what it means to their day-to-day lives. Got it. So communication, mm-hmm. making sure each individual knows kind of their piece and the importance of their piece so that they can, you know, take ownership and buy into the whole process. Yeah. And aside from the initial announcement, um, how we communicate by means of our words and action during the full extent of the plan is important. So like we have to guide the whole um, organization by giving them insights on how realistic and feasible are the goals. Um, giving them updates, like how far along are we on the targets, how much hustling is needed, how much more, I mean, um, how solid is the plan really? And are we, are we really in this together? That's kind Got of it. Question. That makes mm-hmm. sense. So communication. So is this after the leadership team is like, we need, this is a big goal. This is a big initiative for us. And then this kind of transpires after that. Yeah, that right? that, that's correct. So um, this is for the, the rest of the organization. But of course, um, before the actual planning session, 
um, and, and how we did it with, with our own um, trap planning um, last year was we, of course, like we communicate ahead of time, like two or three weeks so everyone would be ready. We, we gave out, um, we've readied reports. So anything that they want to check and validate uh, of like things, uh, our accomplishments um, and what we could accomplish uh, later on um, would be there at the ready. We gave out um, additional reference materials, like helpful articles, like really to get them um, like in the zone beforehand. Um, we provided, um, like we asked them actually, because we're, we're traction, um, we're traction based, yep, EOS yeah. uh, model. So we asked everyone to read the, the book uh beforehand i've interviewed so gino wickman yeah it's, it's, oh, it's wow. a great system so awesome. yeah so communications one and you highly i love that so if you haven't checked out traction by gino wickman check it out um next is culture, culture. so talk about that part mm -hmm. so culture and people actually work hand in hand but with culture developing your plan with uh, great consideration and how you understand your culture is essential. So um, if your company culture or your values um, are not open to change or continuous improvement, then you would, you should expect resistance along the way. That makes sense. So it kind of backs up into thinking about and talking about core values and hiring for those core, core yes. values. Mm -hmm. And yep, and as a staffing solution company, we uh, it's one of the things that we consider as a good hire if um, we hire based on uh, the values instead of just scale. And so you you found it so culture and then people. And people and people uh, the people component works two ways. So the first is the composition of the people that contributed in the creation of your strategy. So like as part of the communication piece earlier, um, for them not to feel like it's a leadership plan being shoved um, to them, like they need to be part, that their voices should be heard. As like for us, we've actually, aside from our department heads and our business unit heads, we've um, asked a couple of representatives from different departments to join our strategic plans, our planning sessions, as they were the ones to validate how um, how reasonable were our asks in terms of the targets that we're setting, the timelines that we're setting, the things that we want to change. If it all makes sense to them, they understand. Then, like even before the announcement, we already got people's buy-in. Got it. And then the second um, it is the composition of people within your organization. So like, that's why it, it ties with culture. Um, uh, Cause like, these are the people that would work day and out and like, they would really be the ones who execute these plans. Like we just think of them, they're the ones who execute. Yeah, I could see that how you kind of have to go to them and go, you know, here's what we laid out. Is that making sure there's a balance between ambition and realistic, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I yeah, guess that goes I, in a timeline I, as well. Yes. So like really focusing on your people's capabilities and your capacity. So it's usually um, our failure to tap into their collective talents, um, assess uh, what they can do and can't do, 
um, we often misjudge the external environment and uh, the response of the stakeholders. So what's next? So we have communication, culture, people. And then uh, leadership. So it's always a question of how committed is your leadership in modeling the way? So like, are we walking the talk? So I don't want to sound um, like a priest here or something, but it is true because like the, the, the leaders are the role models, right? And so if uh, people would sense that the commitment of the leadership team is lukewarm at best, then that's the same response you're, you're going to get. So like showing that we follow our own plan and um, like how we operate and make decisions are all towards realizing our goals will greatly influence how everyone will respond to your strategy. So you have to really embody that you're whatever it is, you're all in. Exactly. Yeah. Like you're the first one to drink the Kool-Aid. Yeah. I could see if you're as a leader, not really excited about something, how are other people supposed to get excited (laughs) about it? That's true. You know? So, okay. Communication, culture, people, leadership. Leadership. The next one, success metric. So um, I am, um, I'm obsessed with numbers. I'm uh, very data-driven. So of course, this is part of my, my list, uh, but it is critical to monitor our progress and to measure everything, like our outputs, our outcomes, even um, the uh, unintended effects and like get regular feedback from all stakeholders. So like focusing on the right metrics and sharing that with everyone is important. So with a company, we have what we call decision dashboards and it's comprised of all our um, uh, only metrics that matter. So like we're really focused um, and everyone at any point in time can go to those dashboards and see uh, how, how, how much um, we need to work on and uh, possibly like what we need to tweak. Um, also, knowing how to measure and how to validate this success metrics is key because like, even if you hit that, again, like, depending on your culture um, and um, the, the people within your organization, there's always going to be doubts. So like, they need to understand like, how you, um, how, what, what's the criteria for saying it's a success or a failure, right? I want to go a little bit deeper in the success metrics piece because mm-hmm. we were talking before we hit record and you create these yeah. dashboards. And one of the things that you look at um, as, a, as an important metric is a successful placement, right? Yeah. So talk about what makes a successful placement and what you found makes a not successful placement for people out there who are you know, looking to hire and onboard staff. Yeah, but, but just to quickly correct, so I don't yeah. make the dashboards. It's actually a very awesome guy in our company named Job. So I just like help direct and, and, and tell him it's like what the what each dashboard, what story should each dashboard say and how um, we're going to use these metrics in the business. But yeah, answering your question about our success metrics for successful hires. So one is... Um, one is the 
length of, of Corsic retention. Um, of course, like in the past, you, you can't have everything uh, perfectly. So there would be attritions that would happen within um, the onboarding period. In our onboarding period, it takes about three months because you want to make sure that we account for the learning curve. And so if uh, people, um, we call the people that we staff to companies multipliers. So if they uh, get it traded within that onboarding period, then of course it's it's um, it's not a successful hire. Um, two, so we have um, like temp checks in place uh, to make sure that uh, we have uh, correct the correct fit um, of people. So that happens um, after immediately after training the training period, and then two other performance reviews. Um, and then for the, like, upon the decision-making, and I should have started with this, like when the client decides to hire someone, um, like it's successful because it takes all the boxes. So uh, before we start sourcing, we actually have a sourcing kickoff call with the clients to really understand their requirements. So like we have tick boxes in our system to see if each candidate has um has successfully like uh, would have that on um on their scale, for example, number of experience, um, and inclu- that includes the the culture fit. So we ask clients for their hiring and firing characteristics, and so we put a score like we have a scorecard for each candidate, so that we can tell like how successful they're going to be um, with each of the placements. Yeah. So walk me through the process a little bit, because it's interesting for multiply me. So you'll have a, a call, assess the needs. You'll have a call with the, 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 the client to, you know, talk about the culture, the process, what the job is, you know, all of that. What's, what's next in the process? So um, what's next is we, uh, we finalize the job description based on, all, on the discussion, the discovery discussion with the client uh, for them to approve. And then that's the only time we start sourcing. And we actually have an active pool. We have a pool of candidates at the ready. So if um, we have, uh, we could um, like endorse candidates um, as soon as possible. Or if it's very um, like complex, a complex role, then it takes a couple or it's like longer time. But yeah, like we make sure that um, we follow the, the requirements. Got it. So then you go out to the pool of candidates that you have or outside of that and Mm -hmm. you source candidates. And then what happens after that? Mm -hmm. And then uh, so we follow the the process. So it's part of the call as well. Like if we're going to follow like the usual thing of just like the set of interviews or if the clients would require additional tests or um, additional layers of interview before they decide on who they want to go with. Um, once they've made their decision, then um, that person is off to onboarding. And for new clients, we actually have um, an onboarding prep call. So like they know what the process is even before um, we start that kickoff with the, the multiplier. Yeah. So like we know like they're invested, they understand like how long it's going to take, what's required of them, um, what their part is, what their responsibility is as well on those three months um, during the onboarding period. 
And then once they graduate, then they're off to like the operational phase or they're assigned an account manager. And then they go, go to like the regular routine. Um, uh, but we don't move people to operational without a working scorecard because it's very important for us to, of course, like, make sure that they are performing um, at, at, their, at their best um, once assigned to the client. Yeah. You know, Joan, talk about what's important in the onboarding and training mm -hmm. part to include, because, you know, probably um, I, I imagine with anything, even with the client, that onboarding phase is critical. You're kind of in this excited phase and you don't want either party <laughs> yeah. to drop the ball. What's something to make sure to include when you are starting the training and onboarding with the, the new staff member? Uh, yeah, so we start out the process, like I said, like we have a prep call with just with the client alone um, to get sure, like, to make sure like they're invested with the whole onboarding um, activities um, before we schedule a call with the client and the multiplier. So like everyone's aware of all everything that's going to happen and what their responsibilities, what, what their role is uh, during that onboarding. Um, and then we have onboarding managers, like that's purely their, their, their role to make sure that it, uh, the whole onboarding process would run smoothly. Um, and beforehand, like all the schedules would be, um, like all the, the meetings would be scheduled, of course, because we have, uh, two, um, review sessions. And then, uh, of course, like we always get feedback from the client, um, like temp checks to make sure like everything's okay. If there's anything that they feel are a little off, then uh, our onboarding managers would have um, like coaching sessions with the multipliers and try to correct. There's a lot of support around this process. Like. <laughs> yes, yeah, so like the three months is really very handholding for both the client and the multiplier, especially if like these are new clients, but we do have um, clients we're in, they already have a team of multipliers with us. And so they've memorized <laughs> the onboarding, um, but they it makes still it go easier. through it. It's, it's easier for them, but they still go through the, the whole process as they believe in it. Mm -hmm. So we have communication, culture, people, leadership, Success metrics. What's the next one? The next one is adaptive. I'm sorry, adaptability. Because mm -hmm. like even the best conceived plan requires adjustments along the way, right? So um, once you have your success metrics, your system of reporting, and all that, then you keep tabs on your process. Uh, sorry, your progress, and then uh, it would help guide you to identify flags on how and when or where to tweak the plan. So like there should always be um, room for improvement, room for change. But as long as um, we always keep the goal and adjust the plan and not the other way around. Yeah, I'm sure within a plan, you, people hit snags or roadblocks <laughs> yeah. and you don't just want to ditch or give up on the plan. You just want to yeah. figure out if you have that main goal in mind of what you want to accomplish, you just kind of have to see your way around it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so just small, small tweaks will do. Yeah. So adaptability and what's the seventh? So the last one is rewards. So um, it's like 
what would it take to keep people focused on the goal, right? Like what would make them follow the game plan? So um, even if your company is composed of go-getters and results-driven employees, it would always like boil down later on to the same question of what's in it for me? And, and this may be perceived as a negative, but we could use it to our advantage um, so that we, in turn, would not be creating greedy robots. <laughs> so, um, yeah, like milestone, milestone should be set to celebrate our progress with everyone in the company. People should be recognized for contributions and rewards should be given to the ones that go above and beyond. So what are some examples of celebrations and rewards? So um, like with, with our company, we, we have, um, we have, since we're following traction, so we have quarterly rocks. And then immediately after the rocks review, we would have a town hall. So it's an all hands meeting so that we could report our progress. Like, so we, and we could celebrate the little wins, like the victories, like what we've accomplished um, in, in that quarter. And then we we recognize people for like the the MVPs for the quarter, and then uh, we allocate rewards. So either like in cash and kind or anything, be it small or big. But they they feel that uh, their effort is like recognized, and like they they feel the the importance of working um, with a team, like following and um, like believing in the the plan and the goals, right? Have you seen anyone um, outside, not including organization, other outside mm -hmm. ones, any creative celebrations or rewards that you've observed? Um, we're, since we're, we're actually a remote company, so we couldn't do this as much as I want to, like we're, with the, the old companies I work with, uh, celebrations usually mean drinking <laughs> in mm -hmm. bars. <laughs> or um, like giving out um, like vouchers for like for relaxation, for example, like spas mm. um, and all those programs and things like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've, I've seen some organizations. Yeah. Bring in like, if they're in person, bring in like a massage therapist or something yes. and everyone just mm -hmm. takes a break and, and gets like a short massage or something like that. So um, this is Joan. First of all, thank you. And I could see how if, if people miss a step in here, how the strategic planning process could fail and how it doesn't get seen through. Um, and I really appreciate your time walking us through that. And just to summarize with, you know, the strategic planning process, it's the communication, the culture, the people, leadership, success metrics, the adaptability and the rewards kind of completes the whole picture and yeah. um i want there's a bonus yeah go ahead give <laughs> like me the bonus. how to see it through so yeah. like aside from taking all the seven boxes correctly um like what helps with like from from my experience is like establishing clear accountability for each deliverable and action plans to ensure movement i love it yeah um and so joan i want to point everyone to multiply me MultiplyMII.com to check out more about the company. Are there any other places we should point people towards online or is that the best, best place? 
Uh, yep, that, that's the best place. Uh, yep. Mm -hmm. So the, the website, um, Yoni uh, also has a, a podcast. If you guys want to listen to it, it's uh, Successful Scales. Um, aside from Multiply Me, we actually have another company. It's called Escala, um, and it's our consulting service arm. So you could check out also Escala. Uh, it's E-S-C-A-L-A -A as well. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. Joan, thank you so much. Everyone check out Multiply Me, check out more episodes of the podcast, check out Sweet Process. And thanks everyone. Thanks, Joan. Thank you very much. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Process Breakdown Podcast. Before you go, quick question. Do you want a tool that makes it easy to document processes, procedures, and or policies for your company so that your employees have all the information they need to be successful at their job? If yes, sign up for a free 14-day trial of Sweet Process. No credit card is required to sign up. Go to sweetprocess.com, sweet like candy, and process like process.com. Go now to sweetprocess.com and sign up for your risk-free 14-day trial. Hi, this is Owen, the CEO and co-founder here at Sweet Process. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast interview, uh, actually, you know what I want you to do? Go ahead and leave us a five-star review on iTunes. That way we get more people aware of you know, the good stuff that you get here on this podcast. Again, go on to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. Looking forward to reading your review. Have a good day. That's